All right, for those of you who have been listening for a couple of months, you might remember that I mentioned that I had a podcast microphone in Canada, and when I traveled to Bali, I didn't pack it with me, and it is one of the things that I really regretted not packing because the way that I record podcasts now is through my camera microphone, which has to be plugged into my camera, which means I'm actually recording a video file from which I have to strip the audio. It's not a huge deal, but I just like really wish that I had that podcast mic. So I was back in Canada over the summer, came back to Bali in October and brought my podcast mic with me only to find out that it won't Uh, my laptop, sorry, won't recognize the podcast mic. So before that, it was always plugged into my iMac desktop computer. And when I tried to put it in my laptop, it just doesn't pick it up. I've put it into multiple people's laptops. Same thing. The solution they suggest is buying a replacement cord. Even though I'm using the blue Yeti microphone cord that it came with. This microphone is so widely used by people in the online space that have podcasts and and make online courses and stuff. So I don't know how they don't have it compatible with Apple computers. Anyway, I digress. Here we are again recording with my camera's microphone. So today I want to take you through the first steps to take your side hustle from basically an idea to full time or kind of like the three things you need to get sorted so that you can really validate your online business before you consider leaving your nine to five. So let me paint the picture here. You have a job, it pays the bills, but it's just not lighting you up in the way that you want it to be. And if you're honest, it feels pretty draining. You're kind of in this position where you're living for the evenings and the weekends and you've been considering working for yourself and you have an idea of what that might look like, but you spend more time daydreaming about the freedom and doing a little bit of research here and there than actually making a plan because WTH would that even look like? All you know is that you need an exit route. Does this sound familiar? But then your mind goes, oh, but is working for myself really sustainable? And how long am I gonna be able to work on this side hustle while also working full time because it's so many hours? And what if I get some clients and then things dry up? So your mind loops around again and before you know it, you're laying in bed, watching Netflix, scrolling on your phone, daydreaming about what life could be like if you knew how to build that online business. But Good news, this episode is gonna tell you the first steps. And by the way, it is not registering your business and doing a bunch of paperwork or printing business cards. So let's dive in to what you actually need to cover. Step number one is to get clear on what your offer is. It's vitally important for the success of your business that you can answer the question, how do I help? So to dive a little bit deeper, you wanna ask yourself, what is the value? And when I say value, don't get overwhelmed by that word. Things like entertainment, joy, money, time, awareness, education, those are all valuable and those are things that products and services can bring to customers. On top of value, what is the result that someone is experiencing by working with you and what does that look like? So to summarize the questions here again, how do I help? What is the value and what is the result that someone is experiencing by working with me? What exactly does that look like? Again, don't freak out when you're thinking about your service and maybe saying, oh my gosh, maybe it's not valuable. Maybe 
you know, someone isn't going to want to buy it. That's not what this is about. This is not the time to let imposter syndrome creep in and decide that your idea isn't helpful or valid. If you have an idea, it's probably on purpose. And if it has stuck in your mind, then you're definitely meant to be taking action on it. And people are spending money on anything and everything. And if it brings joy, entertainment, a better life experience, whatever that is, then someone will pay for it. So your offer doesn't have to move mountains. It just has to fulfill a need or desire. So step one then is getting clear on what your offer is, how it helps and what that process looks like. Then you're going to want to identify your target audience. So who is your offer the perfect fit for? And this is kind of where you get to decide and your target audience is just the group or the segment of people that you want to work with and that you can help best. So as business owners, we get to decide who we market to and, and how we niche. So your target audience really needs to be something that you intentionally think about because it's going to dictate so many other marketing efforts and other decisions and steps in your business. So make sure you think about what type of person you're helping really early in the game of establishing your business. Are they living in a specific city? Are they in a specific age range? Are they a specific gender? You don't need an answer to all these questions necessarily, but you do need to identify how the segment of people that you're going to serve is different from the rest. And I know it's really tempting to have multiple target audiences in in attempt to cast a really broad net basically so that you have the chance to work with more people. But trust me, if you're trying to sell to everyone in this way, you will be selling to no one because people will be confused if your service is actually for them or not. And people want to feel like what they're buying is specifically made for them. So this is one of the most fundamental rules of marketing. And I was talking to a client the other day and she is a coach in confidence and transformation. And she mentioned how she wants to work with women and she would like to work with like the single kind of 28 to 30 something year old, but she could also work with moms. And as we dove deeper in that conversation, we realized that the mindset of a 28 year old woman with a young child is really different than the mindset of a 28 year old single woman. They're just prioritizing totally different things when it comes to their time and their money and their awareness. So my client, she could totally target either audience, but probably not both because the messaging and the positioning is going to look totally different. Make sense? Okay. And step number three is to map out exactly what it will look like for a client to work with you. So this is just an exercise to really give you more confidence in what this business is going to look like, because I think so often we get really scared that we don't know what we're doing or we don't have something that's valuable or there's because as online service providers or coaches, there's no tangible, here's what you get. There's no product that someone can touch. We get a little bit of fear around what we are giving our clients, even though we know a lot about what we have to offer. So your third step here is to physically write out or type up the steps that a client would take to work with you from basically awareness of who you are to the payment. So before you actually start working together, what are those steps? Where are they going to find you? What is the first step? This is really about getting your onboarding process set up so that you're not paralyzed from working with a potential client when someone comes your way. Because if you spend time, you know, feeling like you need to make your website first and get your Instagram looking better first and all of these things, you will just keep putting off taking actual clients. But if you go through this exercise of writing out what it looks like for a client to start working with you, then you will feel way more confident when someone does come your way showing interest and you'll feel more confident marketing yourself. 
So when you're doing this exercise, you can actually write out two different series. One would be what they're experiencing and then one would be what you're doing in the back end of your business. So for example, client experience might go, one, found me on Instagram, two, booked a discovery call, three, joined that discovery call, four, agreed to the services, five, signed a contract and paid the invoice, and six, enjoying and loving the service. So those are the steps that the client experienced. And then on the other side, the second series that you would write is what you had to do as a business owner. So one, potential client DM'd on Instagram, two, discovery call booked, three, prepare for the discovery call, four, take the call, five, sell the client, six, send a contract through HoneyBook, seven, send an invoice through HoneyBook, and then eight, book the next steps. By the way, HoneyBook is the client relationship management software that I use. It's so good for freelancers. It organizes all of your documents based on the client. It tracks whether they've even opened the invoice so you know that they've seen it. And then of course it tracks the payment as well. So you don't need to be sending PDFs and collecting money in a bunch of different places. HoneyBook totally covers it. I actually have a link for you to get 50% off your first year if HoneyBook is something that you think would be helpful for your business. It's just share.honeybook.com slash Johanna. Johanna just with one H um, and it's an affiliate link, but I use HoneyBook every single week and it saves you 50%, which is an, an amazing, amazing discount. So Your three steps, just to quickly recap, are to get clear on what your offer is, identify who you're helping or your target audience, and then map out exactly what it will look like for a client to work with you. And I wanna touch quickly on what happens if you don't do these steps and if you don't have this in place before really moving forward with your business. So the difference between the person who stays in the job they hate out of fear and comfortability and the person who works up the courage to take the leap and start a side hustle or quit their job is having a plan. That's literally the only difference. But until you put pen to paper and give yourself a bit of direction, that fear of the unknown will likely continue to overpower you. I mean, that's why you don't already work for yourself full time, right? which is okay because there is so much to be said for career work and experience and being part of a team and being an employee. But now I know that you're here listening to this podcast and that itch for more, for wanting to work for yourself and really wanting to have your own thing. It's just past the point of no return and you are ready to take action on this. So I've given you the first steps here, but again, these are just the steps to kind of prepare yourself for the breakout, position yourself so that you will be able to take your side hustle full time. But after these questions are answered, the online business foundations really need to be laid. So that includes having a business plan, putting systems in place, a digital marketing strategy, and getting really clear on your messaging, etc. So when you're ready for that next level, you know that I'm your girl for that as well. I always coach people on a 12 week basis through my program, which I've affectionately titled Solopreneur Business Bootcamp. I teach in a really no fluff, highly supportive kind of way. And if you just go to my website, you'll be able to find it or DM me and I'll put a link in the show notes as well. If you're lucky, enrollment will be available depending on when you're listening to this episode. If not, don't worry, the wait wait won't be too long. So I want you to know that the options for establishing your own online business and being self-employed are available to you. You just need to get clear on what you want and keep taking action. So good job, keep moving forward and we'll chat soon.